Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. 1 Samuel chapter 13. Saul was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned over Israel 42 years. Saul chose 3,000 men from Israel. 2,000 were with him at Michmash and in the hill country of Bethel. And a thousand were with Jonathan at Gibeah in Benjamin. The rest of the men he sent back to their homes. Jonathan attacked the Philistine outpost at Geba, and the Philistines heard about it. Then Saul had the trumpet blown throughout the land and said, Let the Hebrews hear. So all Israel heard the news. Saul has attacked the Philistine outpost. And now Israel has become obnoxious to the Philistines, and the people were summoned to join Saul at Gilgal. The Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. When the Israelites saw that their situation was critical, and that their army was hard-pressed. They hid in caves and thickets among the rocks and in pits and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal. And Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, Bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he had finished making the offering, Samuel arrived. And Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? asked Samuel. Saul replied, When I saw that the men were scattering, and that you didn't come at the set time, and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God that he gave to you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people, because you have not kept the Lord's command. Then Samuel left Gilgal and went up to Gibeah in Benjamin. And Saul counted the men who were with him. They numbered about six hundred. Saul and his son Jonathan and the men with them were staying in Gibeah in Benjamin, while the Philistines camped at Michmash. Raiding parties went out from the Philistine camp in three detachments. One turned toward Ophrah in the vicinity of Shul, another toward Beth Horon, and the third toward the borderland overlooking the valley of Zeboim, facing the wilderness. Not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel, because the Philistines had said, Otherwise the Hebrews will make swords or spears. So all Israel went down to the Philistines to have their plow points, mattocks, axes, and sickles sharpened. 
The price was two-thirds of a shekel for sharpening plow points and mattocks, and a third of a shekel for sharpening forks and axes, and for appointing goads. So on the day of the battle, not a soldier with Saul and Jonathan had a sword or a spear in his hand. Only Saul and his son Jonathan had them. Now a detachment of Philistines had gone out to the pass at Michmash. And so we end with kind of a, a cliffhanger, and the next chapter we'll pick this up with the battle and Jonathan's heroics. But here in this chapter, Saul's second great test doesn't go well. This is um, very shortly into Saul's reign, and um, Jonathan, his son, is apparently a, a very brave individual. He attacks the Philistine outpost, and the Philistines hear about it. So Saul uh, blows the trumpet and tries to rally the Jewish armies together. And um, the word goes out that Saul had attacked the Philistine outpost, even though it was actually Jonathan. And um, the Philistines assembled to fight Israel. And it mentions 3,000 chariots. 3,000 chariots. Chariots in that day were like tanks in our day. They were um, awesome weapons to people that did not have them. And so 3,000 chariots, and we assume the, the Jews had zero, 3,000 chariots would seem like an insurmountable asset in any kind of warfare. And so it, it mentions that, and then it mentions the Philistines had soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore, and they were, they were ready to fight. Now, apparently Samuel had told Saul to wait seven days, and he was going to come and meet him at Gilgal. And uh, so Saul was, was there all waiting, and the seventh day arrived, and apparently Saul was nervous. And um, verse 9, so he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Now let's just stop right there. Saul was not a Levite. Saul was not a priest. Saul was not authorized to offer burnt offerings to Yahweh. Saul was of the tribe of Benjamin, and it was forbidden for him to do this. And so Saul took it on himself to act as a priest. And um, not only that, he didn't listen to the word of the Lord through Samuel, which had been given uh, prophetically, we assume, in the name of Yahweh, that Samuel was going to come and do this. So he usurped uh, Samuel's priestly duties, but he also disobeyed the word of the Lord, that he was to wait until Samuel came. And so as soon as he's finished making this offering inappropriately or improperly, Samuel arrives and uh, Samuel says, what have you done, Saul? This is something terrible has happened. And Saul begins to make excuses. Now, up until this point, Saul's character has been pretty good. But this um, blame shifting is not a good thing. And so Saul replies, he says, when I saw the men were scattering and that you didn't come at the set time and the Philistines were assembling, I thought... You know, the Philistines might come and attack me, and and uh, I need the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. Now, friends, this is a very sad state of affairs. In other words, observing the circumstances in the natural, Saul did not respond by faith in the unseen God. He responded with action that seemed right with the evidence he could see with his own eyes. And so he disobeyed the word of the Lord, the Torah from Moses, saying that Benjamites couldn't act as priests. Uh, he disobeyed this, and he offered up the burnt offering. 
And so Saul acted foolishly is what the, what the scripture says. And it's worse than that because Samuel in verse 13 says one of the most incredible disqualification statements that could ever be offered and the magnitude of it can hardly be overstated. Samuel said to Saul, you have not kept the command of the Lord your God that he gave you. That's bad enough. But it says, if you had he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. Now think about the implications of that. Saul's lineage would have been the lineage of the kings of Israel, um, the tribes of Israel, the people of God, and the Messiah. Saul's kingdom would have been the kingdom of the Messiah. But now the kingdom is not going to last. And it says, Samuel goes on to prophesy, your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. And so this disqualification in Saul's great test uh, was terrible in its implications for all time, really for all of eternity. Saul acted foolishly. Saul um, behaved in fear of the people. And the result was the Lord went out after a man after his own heart. And we know that David, the son of Jesse, is the man that God is going to to name as the man after his own heart. Just to finish up the chapter, and I'm going to come back to this, but finish up the chapter. It says, not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel because the Philistines had said otherwise the, the Hebrews would not make swords or spears. And so this was an early Iron Age period. This is around 1050 B.C. This story takes place. Uh, The early Iron Age is generally considered to have started around 1200 B.C. So forged weapons made of iron were still very rare. And the Philistines recognized that this gave them an an edge, no pun intended, in warfare to keep um, swords and spears away, iron swords and spears away from the Hebrews. So they were forbidden. And apparently only Saul and Jonathan had... um, iron weapons. So not only the the chariots uh, gave the Philistines an advantage in warfare, but the fact that they had iron weapons and the Jews did not have iron weapons. But let's go back to this disqualification of Saul. Friends, it may seem harsh to you, the magnitude of the Lord's response for this seemingly insignificant uh, rebellion, but it was not insignificant in the eyes of God. Saul apparently knew exactly what he was to do and what he was not to do. This was not something that was done accidentally. He rebelled specifically against the word of the Lord through Samuel, and he usurped the priestly authority in offering up the the burnt offering, trying to, uh, to rally his people in some odd way, trying to gain the Lord's favor. Perhaps that was just lip service that he gave to Samuel about seeking the Lord's favor. We don't know. But whatever the case, Saul acted very foolishly. He did not keep the commandment of the Lord. And if he had, the Bible says the Lord would have established his kingdom over Israel for all time. In other words, this has been approximately 3,000 years ago. For 3,000 years, Saul has recognized the magnitude of his folly. For all of what comes after this, He will recognize the foolishness of this episode with usurping the priestly authority. Friends, may we never fall prey to this. May we never look at the circumstances around us and in so doing, 
override the written word of the Lord. Lord, we recognize that you are a gracious, loving God, but you are God, and your ways are higher than our ways. Lord, may we live our lives in agreement with your will and your word. Help us, Lord, to never experience uh, this, this rejection. I know we can't experience it fully on the level that Saul did, rejecting his kingdom over Israel forever. But Lord, we don't want to act foolishly. We do want to keep the commands and the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to be a part of your kingdom for all time. And Lord, make us men and women after your own heart. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.